Parenting is work, like a lot of work. And it can be easy to feel like no one understands. Well, as a mom of four, including two newborn twins, <laughs> I'm here to tell you that at the end of the day, we're all figuring it out as we go. You are not alone. I'm Summer Shepherd, and this is, no, seriously, how do I do this? Welcome. We are going to be chatting about something today that I feel lives up to the title of this podcast. This is something that none of us have mastered. Not, not really. And if you feel like you finally got ahead on this, you're finally figuring it out, chances are you didn't always do this well. So often, all too often, when I have an opportunity to sit down with moms and talk about those things that we are carrying that are causing us shame, that are causing us guilt, that we are allowing ourselves to be weighed down by, one of the most common responses I get is that these moms are struggling with balance. These moms are struggling in feeling like they are failing their families because they're working too much. They feel like they're failing their families because they're not working enough. And then on top of the career, you have your responsibilities at home, the responsibilities you have to your church, to your friends, to your extended family, to your community. And it goes on and on and on. And, and, and the juggle is real, y'all. We all struggle with the juggle, right? And so I, I wanna talk about this today, about that elusive work, life, and everything else balance. And I knew that when I was gonna talk about this, I wanted to talk to Katie Whitledge. You see, Katie is a serial entrepreneur. This girl is the epitome of girl boss. She has done so much, accomplished so much, and in the world's eyes is a total success story. And in my eyes, let's be honest, she's a total success story because not only is she, you know, just killed it professionally, but she loves Jesus. She loves her husband and she loves her son, Nash. But that balance, finding that balance has not always been easy. And so Katie, thank you for being here. Thank you for being willing to share your journey, encourage us and remind us that we are not alone in this. This is something universal that we all struggle with, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Do you remember how we met? Do you remember that first day? Yes. That you came into the station? <laughs> I sure do. I, uh, I had just come back from having Arwen and she, I mean, she must've been four months old. Cause I think it was, it had to have been in April that I met you for the first time. Cause you came in to bring a prize that the salon was donating for Mother's Day and you brought it yourself, which was like, you know, super impressive. And I remember coming out into the lobby and you were newly pregnant, right? Like you couldn't tell, but you shared with me that you were expecting. And then we kind of bonded over that. Cause I just had a baby. And I just remember like for the five minutes we chatted in the lobby being like, I love this girl. Like, I just really want to be her friend. And, and then we were. Yeah. <laughs> we, we went out for I a asked you on a date something. Yeah. to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and the rest is history. But, you know, so that's already been a few years now. So how old is Nash? He turns three <gasps> this Saturday. I, okay. I'm really glad I asked because in my head, he just turned two. And I would have been very, he turns three. Yeah. I guess that makes sense because yeah. he's- not that far behind Arwen. Oh my goodness. So we've known each other almost four years. That would mean, right? Yeah. If I was newly pregnant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is crazy. And so Katie, when I, when, I, when I think of you or when I, I just have so much respect 
for what you do and the hustle that you represent because you have worked so hard. I mean, just in the time that I've known you, but that is nothing compared to the work that you put in well before we ever met to get you to where you were. When I think of girl boss, I think of my friend, Katie, right? That picture in the dictionary right next to girl boss is Katie. So before we start talking about Katie as a mom, Katie as a wife, et cetera, I want to talk about your first baby, which is this empire that you built. Okay. So for people who aren't yet impressed because they don't know you, uh, impress us. What, what is it that you have built? It was my first baby. I used to call Be Inspired Salon my first baby that I've birthed. It was the first business that I opened in 2010 in Madison, Wisconsin. We started out with a team of just two employees at our salon, um, and now we're a team of over 20. We've gone through three expansions in just uh, 10 years and went from 750 square feet at the very beginning to now over 2,400 square feet. And, you know, my first year in business, I think we did almost $200,000 in revenue. And last year we were at $1.6 million. Um, in the midst of owning a salon, I realized there was this marketing tool that really needed to be um, a way to match guests who hadn't ever come into our salon before with the right style. So it would be a great fit for them because we all know that if we don't really connect with our stylist... We feel a little awkward coming back to that salon again because what if you run into them? And it's a huge issue for salon owners everywhere to be losing clients that they spend a lot of money on that acquisition and getting them in. And how can we make sure that they have a great experience but also really click with their stylist? And so I developed a software tool called Meet Your Stylist. For my own salon, we had such tremendous success that I realized this would be beneficial for salons everywhere. So in 2017, we launched Meet Your Stylist, and it's now used by salon owners throughout North America. So we work with Canadian and U.S. salons, and that's been really tremendous. But at the same exact time of launching that software, I started actually the Beyond the Technique podcast, which... <laughs> The goal for Beyond to the Technique is to change the way salon owners are supported in their business. So we have over 360 episodes talking about salon business and marketing and all the things that we need to do to be successful beyond the technical aspects of being behind the chair. Uh, that has brought just a new level of uh, education for me. I've learned so much more about business the network within the beauty industry has grown so much through that platform. It's also our number one lead source for Meet Your Stylist because Meet Your Stylist happens to be the sponsor of Beyond the <laughs> Technique. So um, there was a lot of strategy behind all of these things, but those are the three companies that we run um, and our, H, our headquarters, which we call the HQ, right, is right across the street from our salon. So it's really nice to have kind of our all of everything central and together um, for all the brands. Well, and then on top of that, Katie Whitledge herself does public speaking, <laughs> right? So people can hire you to come in and speak to their group or inspire their people. And on top of all of that, so you have, you know, is it Be Inspired Enterprises or, or how do you? Inspired Enterprises. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you have this, this empire that you've built. Um, but on top of that, you're married to Anson. How long have you guys been married now? We have, well, well, gosh, let me think about this. We're, we're together 12 years, married. We're coming up on either six or, I think it's seven. 
Seven. Okay. So, it is seven. It'll be seven. Yes. There you go. Lucky number seven. We actually just hit seven ourselves a couple of days ago. So congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, so, so you're married. You are a daughter. You are a friend. You are a churchgoer. You're a small group member and you're a mom. And so now you've kind of added that other element into this hustle that you were already managing. Now, when it comes to children, was that something you always wanted? Did you always think you'd be a mom? Not necessarily. I was mm. always on the fence about having kids. There were moments in my life where I wanted, oh, we got to have like four or five kids. Let's adopt. Let's have a multicultural family. And then there are times where like, there's no way I could add one more thing to my plate. I don't know if the world is good. Let's maybe not bring a child into the world. There was just so many back and forth uh, on the decision. And eventually... I kind of had a breakdown and realized there are many things that I may regret in this life, but I, I don't want to regret having a family mm -hmm. and building traditions with each other and, and loving someone so in, intensely, of course, besides my husband and the Lord. Um, but we, we finally said, Summer, you know what? We're, I was 35 years old. I said, let's just not like try to prevent a pregnancy. Let's just mm -hmm. stop trying to prevent a pregnancy and see what the Lord has in store for us. And I'll tell you this, I never got another period after that, <laughs> <laughs> after that statement. God's like, You're challenge accepted. Yep, here you go. And so, yeah, our son Nash is incredible and it's been quite the experience to become a parent. Oh, so, so now you've added that in. Now, did you have at any point while you were musing about what it might be like to grow your family or, or could we, should we, did you have a picture of what it would look like if you did? And how did that vision line up to real life? Oh, you know, I struggle with fear summer. So it was more like what I didn't want it to be. Mm. It was more like, oh man, um, I hope the child, this is going to sound bad, like looks more like me than my <laughs> husband. <laughs> but like, he's got a, okay, I'll tell you this. Anson's an engineer um, by trade. And so he's got a really big head. He's a really smart guy. And he is handsome. If you see pictures, he is handsome. But it was more like, well, what if, you know, I'm older and I'm, I'm overweight, maybe. What if my baby's not healthy? What if mm -hmm. All the choices I made in the past before meeting Anson and the decisions I made in other relationships, what if I'm going to pay for that? What if this is the wrath of God that's going to happen and this poor baby, it won't be their fault, it'll be mine. It was more my struggles of fear than hope. What did that look like for you, bringing that to the Lord? Did you, or was that something that you held? Because I think as moms, it's really a toss-up how we treat that. Because I think those kind of fears... First of all, you're not alone in having those kind of fears, right? Especially with my first two kids, I was very overweight when I had them. I also had a very colorful past, one of the things we bonded over Katie. And so, you know, I struggled with a lot of those same fears. What did that look like in your prayer life? Oh, I prayed a lot and um, not, not as much as when Nash came. Mm -hmm. It was so different from him being this idea that's growing inside of me and you have like, please, Lord, I just pray that he's healthy and, you know, everything will go okay. I actually selfishly, and maybe this shouldn't be selfish, but prayed for my own life because one of my fears was, um, would I be one of the statistics of women mm -hmm. who don't survive a pregnant, you know, a birth? Mm -hmm. um, 
And so it was, I was praying a lot for my own life. And the birthing process was very tumultuous. It was very traumatic, probably the most traumatic experience I've actually ever had before because I've never had any anything near death or um, any severe injuries before. And, and we don't need to get into the birth story, but it that was uh, where I was praying. I was praying more about staying alive than anything. I'll tell you, I pray a lot more now that he's actually <laughs> here um, than I ever did even being pregnant. Mm-hmm. There's this, this dependency that we discover as soon as we have people depending on us, like, like our children. They need us to stay alive. And it just makes us aware of how much we need God in those times. And so God uses that. And that, I mean, that fear is so relatable though, Katie. And I think that fear for your own life, that is something that, I mean, I'm struggling with right now at the, at the time of recording this, you know, not to kill the magic, but we uh, are pre-recording this a bit just to prepare for the fact that I have twins on the way. And we're at 31 and a half weeks. And so we're kind of entering that window where anything can happen. And there's, of course, that fear, like, what if I don't make it? And my husband is left with four kids. You know, he's trying to figure this out on his own and God bless him. He's the most amazing guy. But there are things that as moms, we think about that our husbands might not think about. And so, I mean, I think that's a a fear that we carry that burden of responsibility. And so you already had so much responsibility on your plate, even going into this though. So now Nash is here and he's born and he's adorable. Thank goodness. (laughs) Right? And he's healthy. And, and now your, your grind is calling. And so now you are a girl boss. You have this empire you're running and you're a mom and you're a wife and, and all the other things that you are. What does your day-to-day look like trying to manage all of that? Well, I'll start with sharing that I went back to work after three weeks of Nash being what? born. Whoa. And I don't think that was a great decision. Um, I think there's gonna there was some resentment in my heart about doing that because it was to resolve some um, team dynamic issues that were mm-hmm. happening without me being around or leading and that and I just always have a little bit of uh, I guess resentment in my heart about that and I, I need to work through that. But I came back after three weeks and right away I had two things happen, this identity crisis, who am I now? Am I? Um, a businesswoman, or am I a mom? Is it possible to be good at both? Mm. I will share that I did not show my son the right amount of attention that he deserved. I was very enthralled with work. I was even probably more crazy driven when I came back from maternity leave because I felt like if I don't do this now, things aren't going to you know, blow up or blossom or grow the way they should later. I can't just sit around and wait. You know, and Now I have a son to provide for. It was very self-reliant, all about what I'm going to accomplish. My Enneagram is a seven, by the way. I hate to admit <laughs> that. Um, but it's all about what can I get accomplished. And so for me, it was not a very healthy balance. And as soon as my son could qualify for daycare, he went. So he was in daycare full time at six weeks. And it was such a relief. I was not the mom who dropped him off and cried all day like, I miss my baby. I was like, thank you, Jesus. I have the whole day to work. This is going to be great. I'm going to get so much done. And I felt very guilty about that. I did not share that with people. 
Um, it wasn't until the Lord allowed me to have some trials that I realized, man, you know, what a precious gift that time is. We have all these things that we work towards to either accomplish things in life or to bring in um, a currency, right? Because the currency of money could provide us so many resources and opportunities and flexibility later. But the one currency we never get back is time. And it's taken some time by the grace of God to throughout this parenthood journey for me to realize that our time with each other is so precious. And what the heck am I thinking, Katie? So more recently, my balance has shifted and I am giving more balanced time. First off, I actually have a quiet time every morning and that is going to be a non-negotiable. He will have my first fruits of the day. And I cannot tell you how much that's changed me. It's been incredible. And in addition to having a quiet time, I do the bare minimum for what I need to do right now for work and really focus on family and how we're going to spend quality time together. And it's interesting how God is providing above and beyond. Even though things aren't perfect, there are many challenges in business. Those will never stop. God is there to provide the things that we need. And I'm I'm more thankful right now than probably ever I've ever been. And I think it's just he's been needing to change my heart. And um, being a parent is a huge part of that. I'm like you said, you you have somebody who's dependent on you. And I'm a very, like I said, self-focused person. So I've not arrived yet. I have a lot to learn. But before you, I don't know if I would have felt that way. I would have felt very proud that I'm doing an awesome job as a parent, handling all these things. And now I realize like the time is here to be able to focus on family more and just trust God's got this. And you don't have to worry about what you, if you, you might miss out on a big opportunity in the business world. I might miss out on a deal that could be made. I don't need to worry about those things. And, and I'm probably going to have to listen to this to, rem, to remind myself of that later. <laughs> well, and I think before we actually turned our microphones on, we were talking a bit about the fact that right now we are still in the midst of a pandemic and what that has done to industry in general, but especially yours, being in the beauty industry, being in salons, being closed, having those doors closed a lot longer than you thought they were going to be. And even now opening with some caveats and how that time that you hadn't been expecting, hadn't always been excited about because of what it meant for your business, but what that meant for your family and helping shift that thinking. Well, it's interesting. We went away for like a lake trip and over it's been over 20 years since my entire family has gotten uh, all together. So all 11 of us went up north in Wisconsin, did a lake home, boating, you know, all the things. And my sister later told us, wow, you all seem closer than ever. Like you can tell a shift has happened in the way we show each other attention our lives have been very transactional. What do we have to get done today? What do we need to get done so that, okay, we're good? And then by the time we were actually together, we were so exhausted that we didn't really show each other much attention. We w- would sometimes be just zombies and throw on a movie so that we could chill and Nash could be entertained. Um, and that's all completely changed. And I'll tell you, my marriage is better than ever. Mm. We're praying. When you go through a pandemic and you own businesses, businesses that have to be shut down, being in the beauty industry, everybody in the U.S. was affected by this. 
it it was like, oh my gosh, this crisis. We're we're gonna we had to come together. We're praying as a couple, and that collaboration between us as parents, keeping Christ as the center to us has been just the critical thing that's gotten us through all of this. And we've really taken it as a blessing. We were both working 60 some hours a week. And now it's like, well, we actually have time. Let's get to know each other. Let's have fun again. Let's do things we've not been able to do. Let's just talk and actually have a conversation that does not involve business. Now we still do that. We still check in and about two to three times a day periodically. Hey, what have you got done today so far? And, and you know, what's coming up? Here's what I plan on for tomorrow. All those basic check-ins. But now there's more, I guess, care between each other. There's mm-hmm. a, a different feeling of love than it's been before. It's it's like before you love each other because you're married and your family. Well, yeah, you're like my relative. Of course I love you. And yeah, God's the center, but really, is he? And I just um, now has put us in a position where we have to be reliant on him. Lord, are these companies going to survive? Well, how interesting that we see like we could work tirelessly for years and in a matter of a moment, it could all be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So it's really called us to look beyond our what we're working towards in this world and what are we working on spiritually that has an eternal uh, lasting uh, impact? You know, that's been a huge um, eye-opener for both my husband and I. Well, and I think it's worth noting that it wasn't all that long before the pandemic hit and shut everything down that Anson made the decision to leave the industry he was in to join with you in the business. So now you had all this eggs, all these eggs in this basket, and it was shutting down and it was you know, you shared that there was some anxiety and that you had to learn how to trust, but then how God used that to grow your family. So coming out of this, as things start to reopen, let's say we get to the point where the world is functioning like it was, how is it going to look different for you and your family coming out of this time? Well, already we are going to have these non-negotiable times with each other. We're going to break away. I hadn't really had vacations in the last 10 years where I still wouldn't check emails every day, check in with the different teams, see how things were going. Um, That lake trip we just took was the first time that I was 99% (laughs) unplugged completely. And it was the best sleep I've ever had. And so a couple things, just having those non-negotiable times as a family together, but also how we've come together as a team. And as a unit, that I'm not dominating the family, which you can tell by listening to me, I tend to probably, in most people's eyes, wear the pants of the house, which is not right. And deep down, I don't even want that. I do want a strong leader. I want a strong spiritual leader. And so there's just been a shift where I respect Anson in a different way. I show him that respect and love in a different way. And I don't want those things to change because I think no matter what the circumstances are, these are some of those foundational things that no matter what you go through, it's going to be okay because you're in it together and your hearts are after the Lord. One of my favorite things about you, Katie, and this has always been true, but it's it's especially true during this conversation is just how fearless you are in your vulnerability and in your honesty. And there's a couple of things that you said that I guess I really want to come back to. Your acknowledgement that 
for example, when you dropped Nash off at daycare, that that wasn't devastating for you or how, you know, you were kind of looking forward to having that time back or you, you carry this, this strength and this, you know, burden of leadership in your family that you wish you didn't have to have. I think that as moms, that is something that we don't talk about enough. I, I struggle personally with these expectations that I have for myself as a woman, as myself as a mom. And when I feel like I don't measure up to what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to feel, what I'm supposed to look like, then that drives me down that rabbit hole of mom guilt. I mean, so many things do, right? Like I feel like as moms, we just look for reasons to feel bad <laughs> about the job we're doing. But one of those things for me is, as a, as a pregnant woman, I had never been that super maternal mom sitting in the rocking chair, knitting, singing to her baby. Like that wasn't me, especially when I had other kids. It was like, and I would feel like there's something in me that's broken. And loving what I do with work and feeling like, well, this is time I'm not spending with my children. I should feel worse about that. And there was a time in, in my life, and you walked with me through this, where I was doing more than I could handle. You know, we had our a side hustle going on and, and I was doing a couple different radio stations and speaking engagements and everything. And I felt like I was drowning in all of that. And we had to make the decision as a family to let some of that go. And it was, it was a good thing. I was able to be more present with my kids, but that constant guilt that I feel that moms carry, especially in this area of career, where there's different ends of the spectrum. There's, I'm working too much and I feel bad about it because I'm not there for my family. Or that other mom who's made the decision to be a stay-at-home mom. And she's like, I'm not working. I'm not contributing enough for my family. And I feel like there is no win. And it's one of the areas that I hear people carrying the most guilt and shame for. And I would love to know what you would have to say in, in, your, in your truth and in your honesty. What would you have to say to that mom who's listening, who is, is, is struggling to find that elusive balance? I would say, do not let the devil have that foothold on you. <laughs> you cannot live in shame like that. It does nobody any good. Um, you're never going to be perfect. That's not realistic. I would often say that I think you can have it all. You just may not have it all at the same time. And so I, I, I know that Satan wants us to believe lies about ourselves because it paralyzes us and our ability to do for the kingdom. But you know what? God made you unique. He made you special and different. And whatever dynamic you're a part of is absolutely where he's positioned you. So no matter what your work looks like, it's like, are we working for him? Because if we are, the, that joy should come and that guilt cannot be present and cannot accompany those things. Um, if if you had loving people in your life, Christians um, from church or friends or your husband lovingly share with you, hey, I think that this is becoming, uh, like we have some unhealthy boundaries of how far this has gone. I, I feel like I've been there. Um, then please be open to maybe asking yourself, am I becoming a workaholic? If you're not a workaholic, if you're not um, so enthralled with homemaking that you maybe lack any social presence or there are relationships that are suffering because of it, 
then you need to be gracious with yourself and know that God loves you for who you are. He's not going to love you any more or less than based on the way you act right now. And just um, do your best to just live in light of his truth and not any lies that might try to enter. Mm. And you're not alone. We all, I, I think every woman I've ever spoken to who has children has struggled to find that balance. I mean, the juggle is real, y'all. Like, and it's something that you're gonna encounter even if you have a good week. You know, next week it might be really hard and you're trying to find that line in the sand. And and I, I love that, Katie. Thank you. I mean, it's, it is something that Satan uses. And I think that as moms, we carry so much with us and we keep so much on our backs that we were never meant to carry. And there's this, this pride when it comes to our role as moms that keep us from giving to God a lot of those burdens. We're like, okay, you can have this, but this one I'm holding. This one's for me. And I, I think it is really important to recognize that you are unique. You are loved no matter where God has you right now. You're where you're supposed to be. He can use you here if you let him. But despite your uniqueness, you're also not alone. We're all on this journey together and do not be afraid to reach out and to, to cry out for help if you need it and to find that community that can provide it for you. And so Katie, I am so excited to hear how God is working in your family and in your life. And I'm excited to see, you know, what this season looks like coming back out of here. And I am so, so grateful that in the midst of the hustle that you made time to be here today. It's been my pleasure, Summer. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you everybody for listening. It's been a, it's been a great opportunity. Oh, thanks, Katie. God bless you. God bless you. Properly prioritizing our family always starts with properly prioritizing God. When we put him at the head, everything else falls in place. But the fact is, it's not easy. It is something that we all struggle with. And I hope today's conversation brought you hope, reminded you that, you know what, this guilt, the shame you're carrying, maybe you've been carrying for a long time. It, it doesn't have a place here. We are imperfect and that's okay because we are loved and redeemed by a perfect God. And so thank you for being a part of this conversation today. If you wanna connect deeper, find us on Facebook. Search for No Seriously, How Do I Do This at facebook.com or shoot me an email, summer at seriouslyhow.com. And until next time, you are loved and you are not alone.